0: You're listening to Peace Out, a podcast hosted by Women Against Gun Violence. Due to the current pandemic, we will be conducting our interviews over Zoom, so we appreciate your patience with any technical difficulties. Enjoy. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Peace Out. Today, I am joined by an incredible young activist, Sammy Shanman from Culver City High School. So, Sammy, could you tell us your age and the grade you're in for us?
1: Um, So yeah, I'm from Culver City High School. I'm currently a junior. I'm 16, going to be turning 17 in a couple months. And
0: yeah. Amazing. So uh, as we would ask any activists, I really want to know what motivated you to get involved in this cause and when and how you saw that gun violence was a prominent issue.
1: Um, So it was definitely my freshman year with the March for Our Lives movement. I remember being really motivated, especially by Emma Gonzalez, and watching students who were just a couple years older than me being able to fight for something and it was right when I was starting to develop my own opinions and I was able to really follow things that mattered to me and being able to watch people my same age follow that same path. It really motivated me to start speaking out against things that um, upset me and at the time it was that shooting and I realized just how unjust everything was and how there was a lot that could be done that wasn't being done, and that I could do something to change that.
0: So yeah, absolutely. Um, I didn't even realize I'm only a grade above you, so my experience is very similar. Where I was, a, I was a sophomore, and the March for Our Lives uh, movement happened, and I think that really inspired me to get involved, especially since. That was yeah. kind of the hump of high school and coming of age, if you will. Horrible yeah, way to exactly. do that regardless. <laughs> yeah. So tell us what you've been doing in your efforts to bring awareness to gun violence, anything that you've been interested in doing, have been doing. Yeah. Um,
1: so one of the bigger things I've done is I organized a letter writing campaign. So I created postcards, printed them, and for a weekend, me and my friends and students from the school Sat down, and I think we ended up sending over 400 letters to Congress and to different senators around the country. Um, so I think that's one of the bigger efforts we've done. I also got involved with um, voting campaigns. So we were really uh, adamant about getting youth voters registered. So I worked with older students at my school to, I learned how to register and how to pre register voters. So we would do events every once in a while where we registered people to vote and then educated them on the issues that we were passionate about and then different laws that were coming in and that needed to be voted on. So that was those are, I think, the two major things that we've been doing. But then we've also um, freshman year. I led the walkout at our school mm-hmm. where throughout our middle school and high school, which share a campus, um, mm-hmm. we were able to get hundreds of students who walked out and went to our city hall. And we had speeches um, and things like that. That was one of the more public one, like public displays sure. I guess that we did. Yeah. But there's been a lot of bigger things, but there's also been smaller things that are also, in my opinion, equally important.
0: Oh, of course, absolutely. And I think it's really interesting how you brought up the voting campaign because I think with our generation or just like people right around our age group were about to be able to vote. I'm gonna be able to vote in two months, thankfully. And I think we've grown up with gun violence as such a prominent part of our lives and such, an, such yeah. a source of violence and hurt. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important for us to take some sort of direct action. The most direct action we can take is voting. But the problem is, is that there is such intense voting apathy among younger voters. Younger voters tend to have the lowest yeah, turnout, which is yeah. shameful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, obviously, we're essentially the same age. And I'm curious to know what your peers' attitudes are towards gun violence and just like activism in general so I remember when
1: this issue it has died down among our school which is really sad but I think that's like often seen with teenagers and like our age group is something will become like popular whether it's the environment or gun violence and then as that sort of like gets out of the spotlight it's definitely forgotten about and talked about less which is a big issue Um, especially as more people start to get to voting age they forgot it they forget about things that matter and they focus on one or two things at a time. So the attitude has definitely changed, but um, I remember surrounding myself and I still do with a lot of people who are very passionate about gun violence issues and about bringing change where change is needed. Um, there's a group of students at my school working to get the voting age in our city lowered to 16. So there's there's definitely, I, 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 try, I try to surround myself with people with very open attitudes, with very like passionate attitudes who are very willing to work towards the change they want mm-hmm. um and it's it's really cool to see other students being really passionate about gun violence and things like that
0: for sure absolutely i try and do the same thing i honestly i can't really tolerate being around people who don't but although i, I do want to also know what you think is missing from our generation in terms of activism like what are we lacking and what further action or steps do you think we should take in order to involve ourselves more in issues that directly affect us?
1: That's a really good question. Um, I think our generations, like, they're missing action. People are so quick to speak up and mm-hmm. share a post, attend a protest, make a sign. But when it comes to the things that actually make change, like the, the meetings and the signatures and the canvassing and the hands-on hard work it's mm-hmm. difficult and often really frustrating because you're just nose and nose and it's it's very frustrating people aren't willing to take it that far um Mm -hmm. i think like the most recent example is with the environment it's uh, this is unrelated but also kind of related we (laughs) see so many people just with earth day a couple days ago advocating for a cleaner planet and a, a better ecosystem and all that and then they go right back to driving every day and plastic oh. use and it's, it's just a cycle of like yes we want change we want to speak out but as soon as we're asked to do something a little harder which I obviously understand it's, it's difficult for a lot of people to do and it definitely takes a lot of devotion and work but I think people aren't willing to go that extra step and like bring action to the issues that they're so passionate or they say that they're so passionate about.
0: I think it's a really good point you bring up I think a huge issue with activism among younger generations and I think it's definitely proliferated by social media things like that is that it's become very performative where you might post something because everyone else posts something about it and you may care about it but you care more about showing that you care about it as opposed to acting on how you care about it and how you actually want to see change and I think it's also the problem where we are so constantly dealing with this overload of information and issues where it's may seem just so overwhelming the idea of actually taking action because it's like well if i do this there's these seven other issues that i Mm -hmm. care about and that affect me so Mm -hmm. i think that performative activism is definitely a huge issue but i think the more we show how the smaller things can make a difference like there's a very unfortunate amount of people who don't know who our senators are or our congress people are and i think if We take those tiny steps of saying you know you can write an email and make a phone call or use um activism bot that's a nice one where you can just text something to your congressperson and i think when we show people that they can do that then that really helps so i don't know yeah i I
1: definitely agree with that and i think um that's what was part of for me at least that's what was so powerful about the march for our lives movement is it went from only adults could do the nitty gritty stuff and only adults could organize the protests and send the letters to look teens can do that and students can do that it's not just limited to the people who already have power it like gave a voice to us when we didn't think we could have one
0: for sure and there there's definitely a generational divide between us and lawmakers as well as our parents our teachers our employers how do you think those in positions of power or just really people People who are older than us and are handling, quote unquote, these issues. How do you how do you think they're handling it? And do you think they're handling it well? And what do you think is missing?
1: Well, I was lucky. I am lucky to be both in a family and at a school who are very open to discussion and to new ideas and to like supporting students and supporting me. So from the people in my immediate circle, I would say they're handling it well. um, And it's definitely nice to have that support. But from opening up my circle a little bit to people who aren't immediately in my life and to watching uh, politicians and other school districts and seeing the way that that's being handled, I really do think that the second kids start to speak up or students start to speak up, it's seen as a, do you really know what you're talking about? Like, how how much can you speak on this? You've only been here for 16 years. What do you know type thing? And I don't think that the number of years you've been on this planet can really account for how passionate you are, how much, you know, it's easy to educate yourself and it's easy to stay educated. And that doesn't take 40 to 50 years on the planet. So I definitely think that it can be difficult for adults and older people in positions of power to sort of open up their minds to understanding that students can make change and we do have a voice.
0: I totally agree where you bring up a really good point where, age just simply does not always equal wisdom, nor does it entail knowledge or passion or just really general awareness of your surroundings. You know, our entire lifetime has been heavily characterized by school shootings and violence that are so close to our environment that we are in every single day. Mm -hmm. And so I think with our generation, given that we're not even our generation, just people in our age group in general, money and the accumulation of money isn't as big of an isn't as massive of a concern to us personally Mm -hmm. and so I think when we bring up these issues that obviously have economic impacts like there's gun sales and simply the circulation of guns internationally and nationally and city to city I think when lawmakers and people in positions of power and people who are in the gun industry when you bring up these issues because we're young and and Young people tend to be the dominant victims of gun violence. And we say, well, we don't want to be antagonized by these killing machines anymore. And they say, well, what about the economy? What about money? The NRA is just a force of evil in the government, especially. And so I think for as long as teenagers focus on the issue at hand and the the genuine effects on us and we take money out of the question, I think that will... Significantly improve the movement and give it its credibility because it's just not about. It's about the victims and the victims period, and nothing else. I think.
1: I 100% agree. I think really often, it's victims in general are seen as disposable. Whether it's gun violence or health issues or homeless people, the people who are suffering the most are seen as disposable. Like yes, it's a problem. But the solution is going to cost money, it's going to cost time, it's going to strain us, and with the gun violence in particular, it's okay, so 17 people died, but doing any change is going to cost millions of dollars. It's going to affect the economy. And yes, that's true, it's a lot of money, but these 17 lives aren't just and it, it adds up, it's not 17. it's thousands a year and
0: hundreds mm-hmm. in schools,
1: and I, I don't think it should be thought of as, oh, it's a few victims, it's not worth. The money. Each of those people had lives. I remember thinking specifically, like some of the victims were my age, and just thinking the way they left in the morning was the same way I left in the morning, and they had the exact same lives as me, the families, their friends. It, It's it, for me personally, it's really hard to just think of them as victims who are disposable. You see people your age being killed, and then people in power being like, "Okay, it was a couple victims. What about the millions of dollars that the solution is going to cost us?" And I. I I think it's extremely unfair for people's lives to be seen as disposable in any way. And everyone here is important. Everyone here leads a life with promise and leads a life with, there's just so much to one life. No life is empty. No life is disposable. And to be able to or to say you want to sacrifice some, lo- some lives so that you can make more of a profit or maintain, especially the economy. Um, I, I personally think it's a very selfish way of thinking.
0: You make an incredible point. And I think something that makes this movement so strong and such and having such a strong foundation is that people in our age group, they share the same opinion where they are not concerned over the, or rather simply we don't put a price on change and we don't put a price on a safe future and we don't put a price on our safety because we believe that We have the inherent right to be safe and to be free from this undue violence when it can so easily be prevented. So I think taking money out of that sector of politics is very important. And so having that, what do you think is a goal that activists our age, older, oldest, what do you think is a goal that we should work towards when it comes to this issue in terms of our activism, in terms of our
1: reach? I personally think educating people is one of the most important steps of any type of activism, especially gun violence, because I think people are very unaware of the specific numbers, how gun guns end up in the wrong hands, how it's more so than just someone buys a gun and that's bad. I, I really think people need to be educated on the specifics of why this issue is so complex and every aspect of it and how violent it can be and how detrimental the whole system can be. And I think once people start to get educated, whether they agree or not, they can make their own decision. And it it becomes not a, well, my dad said this, so I'm gonna believe in this. It becomes a, well, I was told this and based on this I'm going to come to my own conclusion. And from there I think a lot of people will realize that this issue is really, really violent and it's extremely deadly and a lot needs to be done and not enough is being done. So I think education is a really educating as many people as we can is, I think, one of the biggest steps we can take.
0: That's very true. And I think, as well as that, there is the component of really countering these and the counter arguments that aren't necessarily arguing in favor of guns and increased safety, but rather arguing in favor of maintaining the status quo and maintaining this culture that revolves so heavily around violence and this false notion that it's killer be killed in an allegedly safe country and an allegedly safe neighborhood. So I think when, for as long as we educate people on how we are all human and we are all people and if we take killing machines out of each other's hands, the chances of people enacting violence onto another becomes much less, because I think we need to have people acknowledge that guns exist solely to make murder more efficient. Yes. And I think people definitely misconstrued, like, well, only military grade weapons are made to have the component of efficient murder, because it's simply not the case, because then what is any gun? purpose for it's not an extension of your arm it's an extension of your will to hurt another human being so i think beginning with that and and really just breaking down what because i think guns are very romanticized in media films and our music i think it's definitely just far too normalized
1: yeah so building off what you were saying i i think that guns are a way to give people power who feel powerless because they're only purpose i their only purpose is to kill i i no gun is invented for anything except killing another being whether it's human or animal it's meant to take a life away it's its sole purpose argue anything else i think when someone sees a gun you see that power that they have over other lives over other human lives Absolutely. and i think that's why it's so romanticized because it makes people feel powerful it makes them feel in control because they know if they have the gun, they have the control over the situation and with media and movies, just how you said, it's extremely romanticized and extremely idolized, like this idea that in this situation, I have the power, even though guns are just, it, it makes me so frustrated just how pointless a gun is. I don't know, maybe that's a very uneducated thing to say, but it's just, it's, it's, a, it's, it's main purpose is to kill and things like that shouldn't be in the hands of citizens and good guys, bad guys, whatever you wanna call them, humans shouldn't have this power to kill anything in their path, anything in their view.
0: And I think that's a really empathetic and a truly, really the most humane way of approaching it. Because I think that when you take the guns out of the question and you really break it down to what is the gun actually doing and it's killing people. And when you acknowledge that and when you bring that to the forefront, because the issue isn't, guns inherently the issue is that they're killing people and that they are victimizing people and that they are tearing apart families and communities and at this point an entire country because of how ravaged we are by gun violence every single day and the fact that the only thing stalling gun violence right now is a global pandemic where everyone's inside yeah so i absolutely agree and i think for as long as we spread that message and as long as we put the value of human life over the value of a gun in terms of dollars, mm-hmm. we will create not only a safer future, but a more empathetic community of people who are working to protect each other as opposed to defending themselves against each other when there is nothing yeah. to defend against.
1: Yeah, I think that idea of having a gun in your possession to protect yourselves, like people who are fighting to be able for open carry everywhere, I I think it's a very selfish point of view because it's very much like I'm safer because I have a gun, but everyone else in my immediate surrounding, now there are two guns in the situation and it endangers everyone else where I might be safer, but so many other people are put in a compromising position because of it.
0: And I think it's really hilarious how we really do assume, well, if you have a gun, you know how to use it. Yeah, I think it's... It's, it's, it's volatility as, as a weapon, because that's what it is. It's a weapon. And there's a reason, there's a reason why you can't bring knives to school and close proximity, proximity to people, because it'll hurt people. Exactly. And if you try and bring up the argument, well, I'm, I'm going to defend myself, well, what are you defending yourself against? There's a billion other ways to confront situations that just simply aren't violence, and especially not violence to the extent that a gun may bring. So... Mm-hmm. Um,
1: And I think people often forget that, I don't know, I hear a lot, a good guy, bad guy, that's how people refer to the situation. Guns in the hands of good guys, guns in the hands of bad guys. And I think people forget that just because there is a gun in the hands of a good guy doesn't mean it's going to stay in the hands of the good guy. Who knows where that gun ends up? Who knows who uses that gun? Who knows who that gun is used against? That good guy could be a domestic abuser with a wife at home. We don't know that. Absolutely. A good gun in a good guy's hands is going to remain a good guy. There's no way of ensuring that.
0: That is so true. And I think, and it's really amazing because something that Women Against Gun Violence has accomplished that we discussed in another podcast is sending letters home to schools, to LUSD schools, that was basically an informational uh, sheet. Is Culver City part of LAUSD? No, we're not. We're our own school district. Gotcha, gotcha. So same, my school's not an LUSD, either. We're a charter, but um, but they basically sent home an informational little paper that basically talked about the merits and the importance of how to lock away your gun if you have a gun, because that gun can get in the hands of anyone in the household, and then by which means can get into the hands of anyone. And then more broader than that, I see I see a very common argument where it's like. Well, if you ban all guns, then it's only the bad guys, the criminals, the people engaging in illegal activity that are going to have the guns. And I think that's very, I think that argument tends to be a little bit, little bit blindsided because if you compare it to, say, uh, drugs, say heroin, you outlaw heroin, there's going to be significantly less people doing heroin because yeah. not only are there consequences, but it shows a collective standpoint against heroin, you yeah. apply the same thing to guns. When you collectively take a stand against guns and you shame it and you put consequences to, mm-hmm. not only owning one, but unsafely owning one, unsafely obtaining one, or giving someone, the wrong person a gun, like you said, like, the amount of people with records of domestic abuse having guns is just astronomical. Okay. I remember
1: earlier, I think it was last year, I can't remember the exact year, but at our school we actually had a scare where a gun did end up from the house into the wrong hands, and I may be remembering the details wrong, so don't one hundred percent quote me on this, but the and from what I remember, the gun wasn't locked up in the house properly or it was a student had access to it, and they were threatening a school shooting basically, and they Everyone got freaked out. Um, I remember at the time it was like when I was extremely active in the gun control movement. So I remember a teacher coming up to me, and I was one of the first students to know because I, I she trusted me with it, and it was it became really real then, and mm-hmm. I realized like how narrowly this was avoided, yeah. um, but how easy it happened. I mean, a gun in a house, and it just like forgetting to lock it, not locking it at all, telling the wrong student oh, this is where I keep my gun, it, it can turn really deadly so quickly. And it, it was really scary that someone from our own community, I mean, I know a lot of gun violence victims say this, like, I never thought it would be us. I never thought it'd yeah. be our school. But it really was almost us. It really was almost our school. And it was like a very eye opening moment to realize how real and how quickly that could have changed.
0: That's true. And for as much as we hear about actual shootings happening at schools, I think we really neglect to acknowledge how many threats occur as well. And how many instances there are where it almost happens, because those nearly outnumber the amount of actual shootings that happen because we just happen to have the blessed luck to avoid it, like you said. And I think it it's double for kids who go to schools with open campuses like my school you can walk in and out as you please there's really not much stopping you from literally just walking into campus and so again it's not only the act of gun violence and the occurrence but the threat of it and the possibility that it may happen Mm -hmm. because it's like you think of it like regulations if there is the chance that your food may be poisoned because of a chemical, you need to eradicate that possibility entirely in order to keep more people safe.
1: Yeah, yes, I, 100%. I remember my dad telling me this analogy once of kids on a schoolyard with sticks. If one kid has a stick on the schoolyard and he's threatening violence to the entire schoolyard, you don't arm every student with a stick. You take away the stick to begin with. So not everyone has a stick to hurt everyone else there are no sticks to do any damage at all. And I don't know, I think it's a very clear way of representing this
0: issue, just That's no stick. True. And it really shows how elementary the issue is and how really, how, how clearly a solution can be devised and just how we are, not not, not we necessarily, but how people yeah. are creating these hoops and these obstacles and these what whataboutisms where they are yeah. making the issue just more complicated than it is and in turn, confusing the public because someone may think that is a very clear issue, but then they are muddled by people telling them, but what about this? And what about this? And what about this? So, well, you don't know about this when it's really, we're all just kids in a schoolyard with sticks or lack thereof. So one stick threatening to do violence to the rest of the students yes I,
1: and there definitely are many layers to this issue it's not a black and white issue but it's definitely not as what if scenarios people are making it out to be the amount of what if this and what if that and have you thought about like there, it's just it can be you can go back and forth for hours on it it's yeah. it's, it's it's way more overcomplicated than it
0: honestly needs to be and i mean all of the hypotheticals that could happen without a gun, I mean, it's, it's endless. But mm-hmm. so in order to kind of wrap this up and really see where you stand and because I'm really curious and I just want to commend you on the things that you have done because not many people your age or my age or in our age group for that matter, really get involved in this issue and take such direct action that truly makes an impact. So I really, I'm, I'm really curious to see what would you like to do in the future and where do you see yourself in the future still taking on gun violence or other issues as well?
1: That's a good question. So um, first of all, thank you so much for
0: okay, this interview and this
1: opportunity. And I really had a good time talking to you.
0: You're, you're very educated
1: and well-spoken and I really enjoyed this conversation. Yeah. Um, and so I'm actually an artist. And in the next year or two, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, to be going off to art school um, in a different city. So I'm hoping to be able to both bring this message with me and continue that when I start interacting with new people and new communities. Um, and hopefully this doesn't slow down then. And I'm also hoping to keep speaking through my art and being able to um, I. Ultimately, I would love to be a children's book illustrator. So to be able to bring this issue, and not necessarily this issue, because I know it's a very aggressive issue, but educate people through art and through reading and just through other means of communication aside from just online conversations or just in-person conversations. And I'm hoping to spread this message in however many ways I can as an artist and as a student in a new city, in a new community, in a new environment. So that's my plan for the
0: future. That is amazing and i and I deeply admire how people your age and I keep on saying people your age as if I'm not literally like six months older than you uh, how really younger people they express their passion and they influence such huge issues in the public eye through such interesting and diverse mediums and how you're making an impact through because it's not always just sitting down and screaming and yelling at each other until someone wins. It's really about influencing the conversation and introducing issues, especially such aggressive and violent and disturbing issues like gun violence in a beautiful way and in a very meaningful way. So to be quite frank, I'm I'm excited to see what you have in store. I'm sure I will hear about it at some point. And so with that being said, again, Sammy, thank you so much for joining us. This was an amazing conversation. gives me such joy to see other people who are as passionate and again thank you all thank you all out there listening we we hope that you are safe and well and healthy and peace out everybody